you know, if you look back in Europe at the first visual signs of food that they would serve outside, mm -hmm. it was the broth pot. Mm -hmm. The broth pot was always the way they, and then, you know, they would put bits of things in it based on what they had. This is the Modern Domestique podcast, where each episode is dedicated to a different aspect of reviving home economics in a fun, modern, and practical way. I'm Stacy Keating, and in this episode, I'm chatting with Nancy Thompson about her company, King's Broth, which is a high mineral vegetable broth company based out of Boulder, Colorado. Yay, so tell me about King's Broth. King's Broth is a culmination of 25 years of broth making by Chef Craig King. Uh, he's been in Boulder, Colorado for a long time, and then he had an opportunity to move to Hawaii and do some really wonderful cooking adventures there. And broth just became popular in the last couple of years. I think mostly because of the paleo movement. Mm. Um, and also Weston Price, yeah, for who sure. way before paleo has been you know, talking about the benefits of broth making. Um, so Whole Foods approached Craig because he had been the personal chef to many of the uh, elite uh, gentlemen over there that work with the company. And uh, just things got put together, and here we are. We're in Whole Foods on Pearl Street serving hot broth. Now, we do all vegan broths, all vegetable broths. We're into high mineral potassium broth. Right, so what exactly does that mean for someone who doesn't know? So really there's two types of broths, and um, you can mix the two together and make a high mineral vegetable bone broth, or you can make just sort of a bone broth, or you can make just a vegetable broth. And although we're not at all opposed to bone broths, um, the beauty of bone broths is a slow, long simmer mm -hmm. that will extract sort of this collagen, mm -hmm. basically, that is this gelatinous substance that is great for the body, great for the, um, you know, intestinal lining. It's just a super wonderful component of extracting from bones. It's great for your skin. Um, it can be really healing. Um, we went the other direction, and we're all about drink the garden. Yeah, So great. we're just about vegetables. Um, the power of vitamins and minerals and micronutrients that alkalize the body, nourish the body, uh, stimulate the immune system. So our broth is cooked in large organic batches, uh, 40 gallons at a time, and we put all this beautiful organic non-GMO produce into this beautiful kettle, and we simmer it for a long time to extract but not boil so that we don't lose anything. And then we remove all the vegetables and we season that stock. So we have savory vegetable stock. And you just drink it, and it just feels like health. It I know does. you. Yeah, I love it, and I, I love mixing it too with, um, you know, a, a soup that I'm making or something like with the southwestern one that tastes like a taco, like you're drinking a taco. You're making, you know, a Mexican-inspired soup um, with that is really good too. So you can use it as a base, which I really like. As yeah. Well. Yeah, absolutely. So really, people use it for cleansing. They use it to have with a meal, to replace a meal. Mm -hmm. A lot of people who are going to have surgeries or um, dental work. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's really remarkable the multi-uses for it. And then as well, you look like a brilliant soup maker if you use it as a base. Mm -hmm. um, 
So we're, we're having a lot of fun with it. Uh, we love watching people drink this broth. We see the alkalizing effect. Um, life can be so acidic. Mm -hmm. Our food choices can often, you know, be a little acidifying to the system. Mm -hmm. And broth is just this kind of great alkalizer. Yeah. Is there, with bone broth, I know that you need to add an acid like lemon juice or something like that in order to extract all the good stuff. Is it the same with vegetables? You know, broth? we I don't find that to be the case. I mean, certainly you could add an acidic component, but it's it's a very different extraction process. Um, you're not really trying to pull something out of a bone, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So I think vegetables just innately break down as they're gently simmered. So mm -hmm. um, we add more... Uh, culinary herbs and spices mm -hmm. that have, you know, myriad of medicinal components mm -hmm. to them um, from lemongrass, ginger, cilantro, um, and then a lot of Italian herbs we use in some of our blends. So, um, but yeah, no, not in this. This is a different process. Yeah. The bone broths really need a, a, a good long cooking mm. time and using apple cider vinegar or something. We uh, simmer ours for about four hours. Oh, okay. So we're able to make more, you know, yeah. in a one day period than you, sure. you could if you were making bone, using bones, yeah. And it does still taste amazing and feel great when you are drinking it too, which is great. Yes, it's super nourishing. We have a great fan club now, people who just totally cannot live without it. And we see a lot of sick people, you know, mm. people who just don't feel good when you don't feel good you want something warm and nourishing so yeah. that, that I call it the juice of winter yeah you know? and that leads me to my next question is is there a difference between broth and juicing well sure um juicing is very unique in that you're just you're literally pulverizing a vegetable removing all the fiber and taking the beautiful you know remains mm -hmm. um, which are tons of nutrients but also can be you know, somewhat high in sugars, mm -hmm. and now people have become so elite in their juicing that they juice um, more savory vegetables mm -hmm. instead of just carrots and beets and grapes and apples, you yeah. know. People are putting in a lot more green, and mm -hmm. so it's always good if you're going to juice to try to lean towards the less sugary and just use the sugary ones as kind of a complement to the mm -hmm. juice. Mm -hmm. um, but with broth making, it's there's no fiber as well because you're removing all of the produce at the end mm -hmm. and that goes to the compost and so you're left with the liquid um the benefit of broth is that it's low in sugar mm -hmm. but it's incredibly high in the vitamins minerals micronutrients you know so so it's different um really i think seasonally broth is really more of a wintry brew as it seems so obvious and juice more of a warm weather brew and wow is it incredible to do a cleanse where you mix broth and juice because you get that salty part and then you're just kind of craving a little sweet so you have a little juice and then you want a little salty and it's a really cool way yeah to I do can, a cleanse i could definitely see that because when i have done juice fasts in the past at the end of the week, I'm like, all I want is something savory. Yeah, exactly. And something warm. That's yeah. all I want, even in the middle of summer. It's exactly. Like, yeah. Exactly. And and this company started, uh, Craig King has a cleanse called Here We Glow. Oh. And it's really cool. And he does this guided cleanse. And we hope to do that a lot this spring and summer because obviously our company is somewhat seasonal. Mm -hmm. And so we're hoping to lead lots of people on these juice broth cleanses, yeah. um, which is pretty simple. 
but very effective in really just you know bringing the metabolism down a notch and just letting it relax letting the digestion relax from always you know I always find this interesting. People always talk about free radicals mm-hmm. and how, oh, we have to avoid free radicals and free radicals are going to be the culprit that get, brings us down. But the truth is, is the most free radicals we produce are from digestion and respiration. Mm. So just by the act of being alive, we're producing free radicals. Within ourselves. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons why I think mm. that of all the fads and everything that go around, one of the things that have really stood the test of time and I don't, I don't like this, but it's true, <laughs> is that as you age, if you minimize caloric intake, you do tend, and I think it's because you have less free radicals, the less your digestion has to labor. Mm. I mean, obviously, we don't want to be malnourished. Right. We want to nourish ourselves. But t- to overeat is that, oh, that irritating thing where it just produces so much more free radical activity. And inflammation as well. Exactly. Um, especially if you're not eating good foods. That yeah, are, good point. Yeah, that are good for your body and that your body likes. You I know. know. Yeah. That is huh. so true. So can we talk a little bit about your history with nutrition? Because we just went into this whole thing about like living healthy and all the diet fads and stuff like that. And you've really been in this world for a long time. Gosh, in a nutshell, I think I was 21 years old, and now I'm 56. So a long time ago, I was teaching yoga, and a woman walked in who said, if you'll let me take your yoga class, I will teach you about macrobiotics. And I thought, what is she talking about? Is that a science (laughs) class? Like, I had no idea what that meant. And it turns out that she was one of Michio Kushi's protégés. Oh, wow. And I became her protégé. And she taught me about this study of macrobiotics, which to me is seeing the large view of life, macrobiotics. Mm -hmm. It's not this narrow thing where you just eat brown rice and miso soup, but Mm -hmm. people interpret it the way they will. Mm -hmm. But I learned so much from her, and I ended up wanting to learn more, so I went to um, the Nova Healing Arts. I just went and started going to alternative schools of nutrition. I went to uh, Institute for Integrated Nutrition and, um, gosh, various things, the the Cushy Institute, Um, spent quite a bit of time with them and I just love to watch people eat I love to cook food and I love to feed people yeah I just love that whole essence which of course over time and as you age you start looking for well gosh what's healthy and what is gonna sustain people and boy I've seen a lot of fads come and go yeah a lot yes yeah, from like the Atkins sort of view to, 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 yeah. That is so it. When I lived in New York City and I was going to macrobiotic school, um, that was the heyday of the Atkins diet. It was just so bizarre. I mean, it, and, and paleo is sort of a modern version of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, any diet that takes you off of sugar and refined food, is going to initially be a very good deal. Yeah. Because you're going to dramatically reduce inflammation, and you're going to feel better, and I don't know what's right or wrong for anybody, mm-hmm. but there's many roads that can take people to health. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be a vegan, and you don't have to be a paleo meat consumer. Yeah. You can find your blend 
that works for you because there's not just one way. Yeah. And I think we've proved that with people's blood work who have done different methods, mm -hmm. but it's all about, you know, your blood type, your genetics, your demographics. There's so many factors. Yeah. What you like, yeah, what feels it's so good. True. It's so true. And I think that part of that is someone, you know, taking their own journey pretty seriously and keeping a diet journal and stuff like that. And, you know, finding out, okay, well, I don't do really well with butter or whatever, but I do do really well on a vegan diet, um, you know, and, and really tracking it or, you know, whatever is good for their body and trying different things and not just taking well, you the next know, fad that comes along. That's so true and so unfortunate that to me, um, we don't really teach kids this. Mm -hmm. we, we just sort of, kids don't really have much creativity when it comes to food choices. They eat what their family eats. Mm -hmm. And so then as you get into those teenage years and go to college, suddenly you're in the dorm world and mm -hmm. or typically many kids are in those kind of cafeteria environments mm -hmm. where for the first time they have this lots of food choices yep. and mostly eat for pleasure. And then... Well, the, and simplicity too. Maybe. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And for value. Mm -hmm. You know, unfortunately, well, fortunately, food, organic food is beginning to be much less expensive. Mm -hmm. uh, still more, but not that much more. Right. And in some cases, the same price. Yep. Um, but often people will just want someone else to tell them what to eat. Mm -hmm. And I always want to urge people, and whenever I talk to people, I say, what do you like to eat? Because mm -hmm. I think inherently in that, there are ways to find the sort of the, the, the more modest version of those, you know, super likes and, yeah. and find a great diet. And I like that 80-20 thing that some people talk about yeah. where, you know, 80% of the time you really try to keep it together and 20% you, you are kind to yourself and let yourself eat that piece of cake or whatever, you know, yes. and, and like go out with your friends and have a burger and some beers or, you know, yes. like on a Friday night because we're human and we need to have fun and enjoy our life. Boy, you're not kidding. My daughter, Kira, has been such a great teacher for me because, you know, I kind of went that narrow, mm -hmm. you know, macrobiotics can take you down a narrow road. And yeah. I spent so many years doing that. And when she was a baby, she's 23 now, and when she was little, I mean, we were pretty strict. Mm. And as she began to grow up, she was such an inherent carnivore. <laughs> she was just a carnivore, yeah. period. And so she loosened me up, and she continued to loosen me up over the years to where I just really started to relax around food mm. and actually enjoy it yeah. and not be so rigid about it because that produces the cortisol as you and I both learned studying the Institute for Psychology of Eating yep. with our dear Mark David. Um, if you're eating rocks, but you're blessing them and being relaxed around it, mm -hmm. you can digest just about anything. That's true, yeah. But if you're eating bean sprouts mm -hmm. and filled with cortisol and insulin stress about, and stress, yeah. that's not so good. It's so true, yeah. And yeah. I think that it's hard to find that good middle ground, especially like you were touching on with kids that don't know anything about food. Like they get to college, like you said, and it's cafeteria. And now it's like cafeteria plus Jimmy John's plus Starbucks plus whatever that they can just like take their food card and go to. But there's not a reason, like there's no education around, well, what does your body like? You know, you, just because all your friends are eating pizza, yeah, it's good. But 
does your body actually tolerate that? Right. And what are other things that you can be doing if you're going to go and eat the pizza or whatever? Right. That you can and help your body, like, wake up in the morning a little easier for your Yeah, tennis exactly. And, and unfortunately, we live in a time where allopathic medicine has been all about treatment, treatment. Mm. And so, you know, there's just countless young adults that are on asthma medications, mm. allergy drugs, you know, heartburn drugs. I mean, it's just unfortunate because... 90% of the time, most maladies can be solved yeah. through taking a deep dive inward, mm -hmm. you know, a really deep look inside at how you're consuming life, so yeah. to speak. And unfortunately, we're in the age of treat it instead of kind of dig underneath yeah. it. And, you know, many people, certainly consciousness is evolving and mm -hmm. more and more people are looking at, and I'm blown away by the you know, the, the food movement that I've seen in the last 10, 15 years. Wow, I mean, Whole Foods where, you know, it used to be the only store or these other little health food stores. Now, I mean, organic food and wholesome food and, and information about diet, it's everywhere now. Yeah, it's yeah and phenomenal. like getting to know your farmer is a big deal and stuff like that too. I think that's really great, you know, some a really great way to connect people with their food too. Yeah. Because um, like Vitamin Cottage, which is... In Colorado and some of the states around us, natural grocers, they put a lot of effort into putting, like, we get this locally. You can go to their farm if you want to and go to their production factory and see exactly what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. Um, which I think is so important for getting people aware of what they're buying rather than just, like, looking at a recipe and saying, I want to make this, and then, like, hunting down some food that's not in season to make that recipe, right? then, you know, maybe by going to someplace like Natural Grocers, it's like, we only stock things that are in season because we get everything organically and mostly local. Right. It puts that little seed into people's head, like, well, I guess I'm not going <laughs> to try and make a strawberry pie in the middle of winter because yeah, I mean, I think crazy. that's <laughs> one of the best things I learned in macrobiotics was seasonal eating. Mm. Because some people get so bored with food because they literally in the household they eat the same thing year round. Yep. And to really look at what's actually growing and, you know, to just live your life seasonally, I think was one of the greatest gifts I learned. There's an amazing book called Staying Healthy with the Seasons mm. by Elson Haas. Mm. He's an old acupuncturist. I think he is. I think he's actually a medical doctor. <laughs> but he wrote this amazing book that just talks about the way the body the way the organs function during different parts of the year. It's all based on Chinese medicine. Yeah. Really amazing read about seasonal eating, seasonal living. Mm -hmm. And we all innately do that. Yeah. You know, we want to take more baths and hot baths. And, and drink more broth. Exactly. <laughs> Back to broth. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. But I, I think that, um, that broth is kind of one of those sort of trends that, is healthy for everyone. So like, you know, paleo might not work for some people and vegan might not work for some people and whatever. But I think that especially like a, just a vegetable based broth, like what you're doing. I mean, that's just getting you the nutrients that you need from vegetables that can be hard to find sometimes, especially in the middle of winter, you know, yeah. if it's like potato season. <laughs> right. Exactly. And that's true. And, you know, if you look back in Europe at the first visual signs of food that they would serve outside mm. it was the broth pot mm -hmm. the broth pot was always the way they and then you know they would put bits of things mm -hmm. in it based on what they had 
Yeah, just kind of keep adding. They would keep yeah. adding, and they would have this base, whether it was animal or vegetable. Or so, and, yeah. and, you know, ironically, I always think of broth as kind of this saline solution of life. I mean, mm-hmm. we live in a saline solution. So mm-hmm. a savory solution is very supportive to the human species. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it will ever go out of style. And um, Sally Fallon mm-hmm. from the Western Price, yeah. um, she is one of my dietary heroes. Yeah. I, I really love what she talks about because she doesn't eliminate entire food groups. Like, you know, I there's no way that I'm ever going to believe that legumes are terrible for yeah. you. I yeah. just... I can't believe that when well cooked, prepared uh, properly, when prepared that's the properly, trick, right? yeah, you know, um, and and many whole grains as well. Mm-hmm. And I love that Weston A. Price um, philosophy that all things in moderation, mm-hmm. you know, and and eat I, locally based on the seasons. You yes. Know? So if you're, you know living here in Colorado right now, you're not going to go and eat a bunch of mangoes, right? Because that is, like, impossible here. But if you're living in Hawaii, sure, you know? Absolutely. When in Rome. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Well, I think that's it that I have. Thank you so much for talking with me today. What a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Modern Domestique podcast, and thanks to Nancy Thompson for the conversation today. To learn more about King's Broth, head over to the Modern Domestique website for links and more information. A big thank you also to Lisa Bertolucci for the graphics, and to Brian Keating for the theme music and for producing this episode. If you like the podcast, make sure to tell a friend and subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. I'd love to hear about your takeaways from today's episode as well, so please make sure to stay in touch on the website, Facebook, or Instagram. Thanks again for tuning in, and have a very modern domestique day.